fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? Back again. It is the new year. This is the first show of the new year. I guess this would be, would this technically be considered season two now? This, we're, man, we're season two. <laughs> that's so, that's so cool. Right. We got to avoid the sophomore slump. Exactly. Exactly. So in, in telling you guys all that, uh, the sophomore slump is a, uh, is a common thing that happens in the music industry and in <clears throat> seasons of shows and that kind of stuff. But um, we've got a ton, and I mean a ton of things coming up in, within this coming year. Um, videos, like short films, all kinds of stuff that we're really, really looking forward to putting out to the masses this year. Not to mention, um, we've had you know some good guests on in the past. Uh, we've already had discussions with other people who were really excited to get on here and talk about hunt breakdowns, um, <clears throat> fishing tutorials, and just general outdoorsness. And the best part of it all is that hopefully, um, I know we kept saying this last year, uh, this damn pandemic will be over with and we can actually like be around each other a hell of a lot more too, which will be, which will lead to uh, the non-closing of hunting uh, seasons <laughs> in certain oh my states God. and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, people have heard me whine about this probably like 857 times on here, but I can't say enough how devastated Luke and I were that we couldn't, um, possess tags and licenses in Kentucky yeah. for Turkey season. And then I had plans. God, I had a gentleman invite me to some primo public in Florida for Osceola's and oh, man. Uh, we we're going to do Tennessee and possibly West Virginia, depending of course on, you know, how well it went filling tags. Cause mm -hmm. you don't want to go somewhere else where you got open tags, but um, I, I hope that life gets back to normal. And uh, I hope anybody listening to this um, there, there's a lot of, you know, we keep it very uh, clean here and don't allow politics, but um, just, Keep your head on straight for the next couple of weeks and don't do or say anything stupid. Um, it's, exactly. it's not it's not worth alienating your friends over something that I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're all going to continue on with our lives. And then four years from now, we're going to continue our lives on just the same, more than likely with, you know, small effects and nothing more. So just, uh, you know, keep your head on straight and stay calm. Everything's stay calm. Okay. Stay in, calm. In the words of uh, the uh, who I believe is a future MVP of the uh, of the NFL this year, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, R E A R, -R E L A X, relax. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> um, well, speaking of which, before we get into the outdoor stuff, yes, we have got a hell of a game coming up. Is it still on for Monday? Yes, it not? is still on. For, right. Still on for well, when this All airs, right. it'll be that night. It'll be that night. It'll so be that night. Everybody is toasting a victory to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Cheers. Woo! Go Bucks. Cheers. Go Bucks. We just lost 90% of our audience. Just lost the entire state of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> All the Michiganders and everybody in the SEC and the Notre Dame girls are all gone now. 
um we love you guys we're just kidding uh so anyways excited about that game but uh let's get on to more important things yes absolutely let's talk first about your hunt here in ohio you went with your family i believe it was your uncle your father and your brother yeah yeah a county in southern ohio where you guys kind of hunt you you hunt some private property that borders public yes yeah so the way the way this land is actually set up is uh it is a 90 to 100 acre piece of property that is bordered on all sides by public land um it is uh it's it's a great producing piece of land for us i've killed multiple deer off of it and it's been something that i've really enjoyed to go and do every year i think i talked about this this hunt actually happened in november and we've actually had guests on so many times we haven't had a chance to break either mine or chris's seasons down yet so um tonight we decided that it was going to be a good idea to go ahead and start doing a hunt breakdown of my hunts and then uh hopefully chris uh can do some breakdowns of his hunts as well but with my with my hunt, um, this piece of property is bordered on all sides by public. And, um, if you follow, uh, the elite outdoors on Facebook or on Instagram, which is our handle for, uh, the fueled outdoors, we run the fueled outdoors as a separate piece of that page, um, as our film and podcast, fueled but by the outdoors, yeah, fueled by the outdoors. I, um, I had posted pictures of a certain deer that was showing up on camera and to put this into perspective, I get, I had, I head up Thursday evening. I hunt Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday evening. And if I haven't tagged out, I try to hunt Sunday morning. Um, so I, I go up there Thursday, uh, night I get settled in and I wake up like a kid, like ready for Christmas, um, we had seen pictures of this, of, of small bucks and does. And <clears throat> when I go on this hunt, um, it is typically a meat hunt for me. Like it, it's just, it's just that. Um, and I, I treat it that way, but there was four really, really, really big deer coming into, uh, coming into the area. So, um, I get my, we go. They drop my dad off at his stand. I drive to my stand and I go, I walk in. It was in a good spot. I had talked with Chris and Luke and a bunch of other guys about where I'd put this. Um, If you go back and listen to our woodsmanship episode, we talk about benches and saddles uh, and acorns and all this, all this different kind of stuff. And this, this tree stand was leading off of a bench a third of the way up a hill. Um, And what the deer do here is they'll come out of they'll, they'll walk these bottoms and they'll come down they'll go up these benches going back to their bedding areas so i get in there super early i'm sitting there uh, i'm already starting to hear deer move and then shooting light comes i'm not seeing anything and then out of the corner of my eye i see a doe leaving a uh what is what basically looks like an old crp field down below me and coming into the woods and she takes off into a thicket. I'm like, all right, well, you know, this, this is good. I'm seeing deer. And this is at like 730. Uh, it's a nice, crisp fall morning. And then um, I look over 
and the deer that we called uh, Brutus Beefcake, a.k.a. the bull, um, a.k.a. El Toro, um, whatever big bullish thing you could uh, think of started coming into the woods. He came out of nowhere. Uh, my only guess is that he actually came uh, out of the field. He must have been bedded there, walked in, and he was heading straight for the uh, small pile of corn that I had set out. He comes, and I mean, I kid you not, uh, it it was and still is the biggest deer I have ever seen in person in a hunting situation in my life. And he had a brisket that rivaled a heifer and he waddled straight up to the corn pile. So I'm watching him. Uh, I had good wind, wind in my face, not, not wind into me at all. And he's coming in. I've got my, I picked my bow up as soon as he walked in, um, which is kind of part of the comedy of errors, which is how this, how you're imagining how this is going to turn out. Um, I picked up my bow as soon as he walked in and I stood up and he walks in and he literally, his vitals are covered by a tree and he stood there at the pile for a good four minutes with his vitals covered all the while I'm standing there trying not to move. He's doing the whole, sniffing the air and like looking around and looked at the tree a couple times and he moved forward just a bit. So his vitals are a little bit exposed. I get clipped in. I go to pull back and he just heads shoots straight up from the pile and like looks my way. So I'm holding my shoulder um, for a good two minutes at this point in a position that is extremely uncomfortable because he's now staring at the area while chewing on the corn. So after about seven minutes, he starts to walk away. Um, I get at full draw and he walks, he stops quartering away and I go into my motion and I put the pin where I thought was on him and I release the arrow and he runs about 10 feet and then runs kind of in a nice light jog away. Mm. Um, I'm sitting there looking. I'm watching his, watching his butt just walk away from me. Not like a slow walk, like a gut hit him, not like a anything else. It's like <clears throat> that shot when you know you flat out missed. Like it, it was just a flat miss. So I wait about five minutes. I get down, I go find my arrow after I search for it with binoculars, no blood, no hair, no nothing. And, uh, he ran off just not, not ever to be seen again, which is, you know, made me sick. This is, you know, an hour, two hours into the first hunt of the trip and I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, I'm, I'm at this point, like already thinking, I don't want to be sitting here anymore. Like I have been the camp drink maker the rest of the weekend. Well, I know, I know. And and that's, that's, that's what it would have been. And, you know, I talked with you about it and, you know, this is for those of you that don't know, I I work in the counseling field and I, I, you know, mental health's my life. And uh, the biggest opponent that you have 
isn't the animal standing in front of you. It's the thing in between your ears. And I purposefully, I think I've shared this with you. I purposefully changed the way I shot this year because I felt it was going to help me better. And it did the entire time I practiced the entire time I practiced. It helped. So what'd you change? Um, I have this issue where if I draw and I go down from the top, um, I will almost always have an issue with bending my waist. Um, and and I, I will bend my arm, um, or I'll, I'll move my arm instead of bending at the waist to, you know, hit the target. Yeah. So what I started doing was I, um, I started pulling at the ground and then I'd go over and then I'd move up. And if I move up, I can move with my waist. It's just something that's worked for me. Um, this Jesus year. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that um, sounds like, a me- that sounds like Charles Barkley's golf swing. Oh, I know. Right. I we, know. Right. We gotta, we gotta do some playing. Oh so, my God. so it, it's, that's it, a lot. It is. It is. And, um, it's, it's something that I thought this is, I'm like, this is going to work. It's going to work. But when you get in the moment, you go back to muscle memory and you know, the same way I've always been taught to shoot is you go down from the top down. You don't draw the, like you just, you make sure you're like you're bending at the waist and flat out. I know exactly what I did. I bent my arm instead of bending at the waist. The deer was at 20 yards and I missed. I just, I shot directly underneath of him and there's, you know, you dropped your arm. I dropped my arm. And so, so just for everybody, not that I'm Levi Morgan or anything, but we've all screwed this stuff up before. Yeah. And uh, that's a classic drop the arm to sort of watch the impact deal. Yep. Um, if, if it was a, uh, I didn't end at the waist issue, you would have probably hit him high or shot over him. Yep. You always come in hot when that happens. And ju- so just for everybody to hear that, so that way, when something happens in a 3D tournament or, you know, you miss a buck or wound a buck or whatever, and you, you want to know what you did, yep. that's your general rule of thumb. So continue on. So, you know, and I, I, I look at it as um, I always take my compound and I take my crossbow. Um, I took my cross. I didn't, I didn't have my crossbow because my dad ended up using it because his crossbow exploded, um, when he was sitting in the tree, um, two days before, (laughs) two or three days before, um, which it's fixed now, uh, you know, fantastic getting it fixed. Excalibur did a good job. They did, they did what they needed to do. Thank God. Um, did they turn it into the, uh, the double barrel crossbow? They did not turn it into double barrel crossbow. Um, did you see that? I saw that. Yeah. Like I was sitting there looking at that. And I'm like, like that just seems like too many things going wrong there and something exploding. Um, especially after the and over and under crossbow. <laughs> like I, I, I don't trust that thing. I don't no. know how you could be sighted in. I mean, I understand they could probably engineer it that way, but it's just weird to me thinking that you have arrows set on top of one another and they're going to hit the same place. I don't know. There's, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. So my, my dad was using my crossbow and, you know, nine times out of 10, that's a dead deer with a crossbow. Nine times out of 10, um, I don't drop my arm. That deer's dead. 
and he ran away. And for the, you know, it, it was one of those things. I remember talking to you guys when I was on my way back, I was just like, it was, it's one of those kind of like defining moments, like where it's just such a gut punch. Like you have, you have like the deer that you want and the deer that you've been watching like for, you know, four months come in and you finally have him. like this, 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 this was a shot in the dark type thing. And he was there and I, I missed. So I go back out the that night, nothing. Um, I then go out the next morning and same thing. Does running out of the field. I see four does running into a thicket. I'm like, all right, ruts on like bucks are chasing. Um, didn't see any bucks. And I am sitting there, you know, it's 10 o'clock. Um, I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll start looking at like maybe getting down here after a while. Um, so I can come out a little bit earlier in the afternoon. Well, I start seeing a deer walk towards me and I'm like, okay, well, I get my bow up and I think it's a doe and it's walking straight towards me, but it keeps looking backwards. Like he's looking over at shore. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So it gets closer. It's a spike, but it's only got one antler. So it's this unicorn deer walking through the woods. The official deer of 2020. Right. The official deer of 2020. Um, He walks directly into the pile and he keeps looking over his shoulder. I'm like, there's got to be another deer with him. Like they're just, this just has to happen. So I wait and I wait and this deer like is standing there and I'm sitting there thinking, Rick, like shoot the deer, just shoot the deer. And I'm like, the other side of me is like, no, there's another deer coming. And it's that internal struggle that you're kind of waiting to see if something better comes along. This deer stood around my stand for 15 minutes was in or around my stand for 15 minutes. And it kept looking back towards this thicket. The only thing I can think of is that there was another deer down there or a buck that pushed him out. And, um, he, uh, he was just kind of keeping his guard up. So I didn't take the shot. And, um, I went out that evening. My dad was hunting probably six to 700 yards away from me, chasing and grunting and all kinds of stuff behind him. Never saw anything by me. And then a front push through with 40 mile an hour winds and rain. And that blew out uh, the Sunday morning hunt. So Ohio at this point has been a complete bust uh, for me. I, I went out for gun, didn't see a thing. I went out for muzzleloader this past weekend or whenever that was. And I saw six deer, <clears throat> all of which were out of range or were on another person's property and I couldn't get to them. I uh, did hear grunting, which I've, uh, you know, which was kind of neat here in the middle of early January. So this all happens and, you know, Ohio's kind of just been, you know, whatever, but, but, um, I do live in Kentucky. I have Kentucky tags. And uh, much like last year, I went out on Thanksgiving morning because, you know, I wanted to stay close to home. My small game hunt got canceled again this year um, just because of COVID. And uh, it was, I had, you know, I joked and I think I was saying it on here. I only had 10 pounds of meat. Well, then I only had three pounds of meat and it was, we're filling the freezer this morning. We're, we're not waiting for, um, 
<laughs> we're not we're not waiting for strong hand. We're not waiting for high top. It's <laughs> first thing that walks in front of me is getting it. And the six point that walked in front of me um, got a crossbow bolt. Um, I thought I put an excellent shot on him. He and uh, the video said otherwise. <laughs> um, so he came in, he J hooked the pile and is standing there oblivious and he stopped and I thought he was broadside. He was quartering two. I shot and uh, clean uh, what I thought was a pass through. And then I get down after a little bit. I send you pictures like, ah, I got one. Send pictures of my dad. Ah, I got one. And I start tracking and there's good blood the entire time. Like blood, 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 blood. And then I find the arrow and it's like, man, this is dark. And like, about the time I said that I took a step and then I heard something jump. I'm like, Oh no, not again. Right. And so, uh, this is Thanksgiving morning. Um, this deer has now run off. Uh, I'm having to get a hold of a landowner that is on a different property than that, than what I hunt. Uh, but kudos to him. He's an awesome dude. He let me come on last year and retrieve an animal. And, uh, He's a, he's a super guy. So we walk up into the cow pasture uh, where I like next to where I hunt at. And there stands my deer with a entry hole and an exit hole and his guts hanging out one side. And he lays down, mm. just just lays down out in the pasture. And uh, luckily, he was nice enough to let me come over. The The farmer that I hunt on does not allow me to use guns. Um, but it was gun season still, and I was able to get my gun and put the, you know, get the deer down and be back in time to put the turkey in the oven. So um, I've got meat in the freezer. That is the important part of all of this now. I am still uh, deerless in Ohio, and I've only got the one in Kentucky, but it's still, I mean, deer season in Ohio still runs to like end of January, right? Uh, it'll actually be Super Bowl Sunday. Um, oh, nice. It's generally the first Sunday in February is our last day, which, I mean, it's basically, I'm, I'm sweating. Uh, yeah. I thought for sure that I would have an opportunity at something uh, this past muzzleloader season, and Josh and I went to some public out east and walked for miles and didn't even jump a deer no idea Jeez. how um and we were in some pretty good sign too i mean we weren't just like aimlessly walking or anything and um i i've had some good deer start showing up again but the one 10 pointer that i've yet to name um the closest he's come in was like 30 minutes after dark or something Jeez. like that i mean that's not bad, but uh, that's one time. Then yeah. every other time's like two or three or four hours after dark. And then mm -hmm. uh, my target buck that I actually wanted to target for the year. Um, this is before I found out all of you know the big bucks other than Goldberg. Yeah, out in uh, our eastern farm there. Um, it actually took me 11 months to name him. And then finally I figured out he, he showed up last year in muzzleloader season. Uh, he made two appearances in November last year in 2019. And 
they were both super dark, you know, mm-hmm. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 5 a.m., whatever, and then disappeared and then showed up in muzzleloader season in daylight. And I had really? no idea until I checked the damn camera. I'd given up on running cams and all that because I was like, hey, you're pressuring places too much. Let's just chill and spend time with your family and we'll hunt when it gets cold. Well, it gets cold like right after muzzleloader season. And I go check the camera like the day after. And he had been in daylight all four days of muzzleloader season. Oh, my God. And I mean, it's like, I'm not going to say it's guaranteed, but. I'm going to have a really close shot with a muzzle loader. So, yeah, uh, that was rough. I had two encounters in four days with him and then it warmed back up because mother nature hates me and I didn't end up getting to have any more with him. I checked the camera and he shed his antlers four days before the season ended. So that was rough. And I basically just went and pissed in the wind at that point. So, Got a few pics of him this summer, a couple of them in daylight, and I thought, man, I could I could kill this deer. Well, season comes in. I think I probably got two or three times, probably I'm, I'm going to say three times, one of them in November and then the other two in uh, September and October, and they were all at night, and then he vanished. And then, lo and behold, again, in muzzleloader season, he shows up, and his name is actually the Night King, if y'all can't figure out why at this point. Maybe seek Rick's help on the mental side of things. Yeah, um, He could use some extra cash anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, he hasn't even been close to any kind of daylight yet, but um, I'm holding out hope and praying, so... Uh, we're going to get things ready and hope that something makes a mistake, but I am sweating because if it doesn't get pretty cold, they're just going to freaking lay down until dark. They are it like that. That's the frustrating part about this is that I've been getting like Facebook notifications from like two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, where it's negative degrees during this time of year. Yeah. And it was just like, I mean, people were pounding deer during that time it's like those deer oh, yeah. were up they were moving um well think about that, the muzzle loader season where you were hunting with your dad and me and will yeah. were together negative jackass freaking wore uh <laughs> Four hiking. Socks. He, he wore no he wore hiking boots oh that's right and and i'm telling him the whole time for all you that need caught up i think the high was going to be seven that day mm-hmm. um and we went out in the morning and sat in a blind And I said something the night before, like, hey, you know, I don't want to sound negative or make you feel dumb, but I don't think those boots are going to cut it, bro. Yeah. And so the next day I brought a sleeping bag because I just knew I Mm -hmm. I don't care how tough you are. Will was in the MMA stuff and all that. And I'm like, you can be as tough as you want, dude. That's cold. Yeah. And I think it took 20 minutes for him to say, dude can we bust that sleeping bag out? And I mean, rightfully so it was colder than hell. So, but yeah, I, I remember all these times too, even in, in gun seasons and stuff where we'd get some cold weather, the weekend gun season. I mean, and now, I mean, you can't buy it. Like, let me get some frozen water and Mm -hmm. some cold windy days where deer have to get up and eat. 
Yeah. Well, that, that was, um, you know, muzzleloader Saturday, a muzzleloader this year was like, I got out there. <clears throat> it was cold. It wasn't real cold. It was like in the thirties, but then like there was, it was 40 mile an hour wind gusts and the deer, the deer were moving. It was the first time I'd seen like deer actually moving and stuff together all season. I'm like, Oh, this is great. But I mean, other than that, like, that's really it. And I mean, I went, uh, I hunted muzzleloader in Kentucky, uh, which was just an absolute crapshoot too. It poured rain almost every day and was in like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to rain. They're calling for ice. I'm like, this is going to be great. 50 degrees and rainy. And then one day, the one day, I think it might have been Friday before Christmas or something like that. Um, I went and hunted some public and I did this on both, both areas. Um, and I sat, I sat and I'm like, I'm getting up and moving. And when I got up and moved, um, I only bumped, I bumped one deer. I bumped a, a small buck and that was it. No does, no larger deer or anything like that. It was just like, those deer aren't moving right now, which is, you know, super unfortunate, but I've got my fingers crossed and, you know, praying to the guy upstairs that you know stuff gets better here soon because um deer season 2020 is has been a uh, marauder for me but i also want to point this out too which we haven't discussed this we still haven't discussed our cumberland trip this year either oh my god yeah we we, we, we gotta have your old man that. on here and talk about yeah that. so um young man as we were sitting around the table and I'm getting made fun of by my brother for missing this buck. Um, <laughs> um, Word to the wise. Um, if you ever want a ribbing, <clears throat> take Will Cates on a hunting trip with you uh, any time and then just show him pictures of bigger fish than you've ever caught that he's that you've caught bigger than him. But my point in saying that is, is that I caught a personal best rainbow trout, a, a true trophy rainbow trout this year. A giant. A giant. If I would have killed that buck, like it would have been hands down. I, I really I really think this hands down my best outdoor year ever. I oh, mean, not even a question. Public land turkey, monster rainbow. And then if I killed a on public, of course, yeah, on public and then killed a, a monster buck, like, come on, like, I mean, yeah, and 2020 I, 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 in 2020, like it'd been nuts. So like, I can't argue that much with my deer season. Um, I still don't know that. I mean, have you really had a better year, though? Like, I mean, meat wise. Well, here, here's the deal. Tro like if if you if you talk about like um just pride in the stuff that I did this year with you guys and with my with my family, absolutely not. This is this has been hands down best year. Um sure. that that turkey killing that on public and then that rainbow came and damn then, close to tagging out. Yeah, I, I mean came, you were very close to I tagging mean, out in very, very two close. days. I would Literally. we would still be laughing our asses off if that dumbass bird uh, is pretty smart, actually. 20 but, yards. I mean, 20 yards, uh, 20 yards that, over the public private line. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when when I look back at the past year in terms of being an outdoors year, like and that, that that's not to say also I probably caught a fish Kentucky walleye on top of that 
and a monster smallmouth too, uh, like all within all within that same within that same fishing trip, and then to turn around and to go and have the, um, you know, to have the year that I had, and I really look back at it like I can't be upset about it. I really can't nah. in just terms of my outdoor outdoor stuff. Um, I look at you know Ohio really anymore, and I hate like this like guts me to say this. But I believe, what is this? This is 2021. So I think I have lived in the state of Kentucky almost half my life now, um, which is really weird to say, which is really, really weird for me to say. And I actually really have to start treating Ohio as an an actual out-of-state hunt. Like, I know areas that go there. But it, it's not one of those things where I go there and like you're hunting there every day. It's like, Rick, you live in Kentucky. You're hunting over here every day if you're going to go hunt. And that that's part of kind of a dichotomy shift that when you move out of state and you'll, you'll hear this from other guys who like move from different states or, you know, that that kind of stuff. Like you've got to shift your entire thought process and make things different for yourself. It's like, guys, this is where you live at now. This is where you need to learn how to hunt because this is where the bulk of your hunting is going to come from. Because if not, and again, nothing wrong with it. I'd love driving an hour away and going hunting with you or my family or to go to public land over there. It's fantastic. But the reality of it is, is that it's a hell of a lot easier for me to drive 20 minutes in three different directions and be on, a uh, thousand acres of public land. And I mean, it, it, it makes it great or to go across my street and go hunt the private farm that I've got to hunt. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's been one of those years. It's been super weird. Um, like I said, we're in 2021 now and, you know, we're still at the end of the outdoor season, but we're going to be shifting into a very new one here soon. So I can't, I could complain about it. I'm not going to. The only difference is, is that I don't have as much meat as I would like to in my freezer right now. And that is, that is essentially, that is due to a poor shot. And I can go back and I can say that I can tell myself that you can do better next time. But uh, we've talked about this multiple times on here. The only thing that gets you better is practice. And I need to practice more like that is perfect. Practice makes perfect. Yep. And uh, I, have already made the decision for next year uh, that if I have does in front of me, they're going to get arrows. Like I'm not, I'm not doing this crap where I say, well, I'm going to wait till the rut and then I'm going to take a doe after I'm going to shoot a doe. Like it's, it's just the, the sheer thought of, the sheer thought of passing on something at this point to me in terms of it being a meat deer is, is not, is not a thing in my head. Like it's going to happen. Um, we had James Reese on here and he made a good point and we had, um, I killed Mel. Um, John Higgins. Yeah. Um, the thing that they said is like, you need to start stacking up deer. Like that's the only way you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. And, Realistically, I I've been very open about this. I am not an archery guy. I would love to gun hunt. I'd love to gun hunt every day of my life if I could. I am an archery guy and I um, love to gun hunt every day well, of yeah. my life. <laughs> I mean I, like 
the only way I'm going to get better with a bow is practicing my bow more and actively killing animals with that. So I actually made the decision um, also that I got small game heads for my, uh, for my uh, bow this year for Christmas. And I feel like that's something that is worth a try to try to get me out and shooting it more and get me out in the woods to, you know, try to be a little bit more consistent with where I'm aiming and that kind of stuff. So it, yep. it's, it's been a good year. I can't complain. I, re- I really can't. Yeah. I mean, so for those, you know, a lot of people don't get to see the behind the scenes stuff. We have message threads with our team and everything. And um, none of us have uh, fallen short of giving Rick shit for that miss uh, and, and other stuff, you know, with like turkey hunt and everything. I mean, oh, yeah, y'all y'all are about to see y'all are about to see some shit in a month. I'm, I'm going to tell you that it's going to be awesome. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, is, you know, we we have pretty serious conversations, too, and we've we've spoken with him and. Uh, I, I think he's pretty serious about trying to get better as an archer and, and, uh, you know, some people, I mean, hell, there's some pretty famous people that I won't name, but everybody will know who I'm talking about that literally seem like they don't even shoot their bow and then yeah. they, they can get on deer fine. And then they wound it and you're like, well, what the hell are you doing? That was, mm-hmm. that's the easy part. I thought. Uh, you getting the deer in front of you is the really difficult part. The the rest of it should be, uh, you know, uh, a process that's not that hard. It can be, but I'm just saying. So, um, yeah, for those that are listening and hearing this, and if you've if you've had a tough season, man, let that drive you. Don't like sulk or. Don't blame your setup. Don't blame your broadhead or your arrow or your archery shop or your buddy. It's your fault. Go work harder. Nobody, yep. you know, like Cam says, no one cares. Work harder. Exactly. And it's the it's the truth. The yep. fact of the matter is because me and Rick had a talk beforehand, and I told him flat out, you you know, you're gonna want to if if we're gonna want to do this filming thing, and if we're gonna want to do the podcast and everything. Um, you know, you're going to have to kill more and stuff. And, and, and really this year, aside from that miss, he's done that. So it's really cool mm-hmm. to see. And uh, it kind of reminds me when I was younger, I would always at the end of a deer season, I would always murmur the little saying from halo killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I mean, that's what it was all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you could kill a lot more deer. I think at one point, uh, you could kill like 12 deer or something. I never reached that. Right. But I mean, still you could kill a bunch of deer and, and not have to float around as much and stuff. So, um, this year, how many deer have I killed? I've killed four deer and a pronghorn. Um, yeah. Luke and I are going to be hitting up, uh, one of his spots again, that we found some success in a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going to go there Saturday and um, hopefully have some more luck. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to shoot one of his bucks. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> awesome. He, he was trying to actually put me on one of the better ones that he had on that piece of property. And it got killed during muzzleloader season. And yeah. when you look at it in pictures, you're like, eh. and then when he sent me the picture of the actual deer, 
uh, laying on the ground. I was like, holy go, shit. Yeah. That is not even a, like, it's not going to score a lot, but the mass on this yeah. deer and the body and neck size, like, those are just, just a monster. I mean, those real are big deer, deer that I don't, big deer. I don't pass up. So, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll find some success, uh, at, you know, at least maybe double up or something and, mm-hmm. um, you know, go from there. But uh, so you had success in Kentucky. You struck out in Ohio so far, but we do have a couple weeks left. Which yes, we do. Do you plan on trying to go back and? Yeah, on- I've 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 um I've got a I've got an area <clears throat> over by my parents that uh it's it's gonna be uh we're taking the crossbow and anything that walks in front of me uh, is gonna get an arrow. I've got two tags to fill in Ohio. Um, I'm not going to be shy about what, what they're going to be. And, um, I, I, I want a deer from the Buckeye state. And I know, um, guys sometimes don't like hearing that, that out of state hunters come and they're killing does and small bucks. But I mean, you know what? It, 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 it is what it is at this point. Like I, I look at it somewhat as, um, it's one, it's private property. It's not like I'm going on public slaughtering your bucks. Um, but two, you know, the reality of what this becomes is that these are late season deer and, uh, you know, more than likely it's going to be a doe because it's not going to be, um, a buck that, you know, if it's a buck that's still got its antlers at the end of January, I mean, good for you for finding one, but, um, they're going to start dropping soon. And, you know, I think I killed one three or four years ago where it was a, you know, would have been a real nice eight point. Um, but he had already shed his antlers on January 28th when I shot him. So um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I enjoy it. You know, we, we started this podcast because it's something that we do enjoy so much. And it's, so, it's such a big part of our lives. And, you know, I look at it as February 2nd is going to roll around. And that means that March 1st is right around the corner, which means April 17th is just not that far away. And that means that the um, spring turkey season will be upon us in the bluegrass state as um, along with, you know, all the other great things that happen down here. So I, 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 for one am super pumped about it and I, I cannot wait. Um, This is going to sound bad. I cannot wait for this season to be completely done with so I can get to the next one um, and and start all over again. You know, some people, some people like calendars run like in lines in their mind. Um, And like, you'll ask people sometimes like, does it go like a line and then you start over at the top and then go down or does it kind of go in a circle? And like when I picture a calendar for like hunting season in my mind, it's an infinite. It's a line that just keeps going. There's never a yes. stop to it. Yep. There, there's there's literally a never a a stop. Like you hit December, January, and most people say, "Oh, February." There's nothing to do there. It's like, no, there's plenty to the do. Hell, in there February. is. <laughs> Shed hunting, putting out mineral if you have private farms. Yep. Switching cameras to catch winter bedding sites and winter feeding sites. Um, uh, fishing, fishing wise, oh, going below fishing, dams fishing, fishing. for walleye and sauger and striper and stuff like it, it's it's all there for you. Rabbit hunting, rabbit in. hunting. I mean, I'm 
pretty excited. The other thing I'm going to do is do some pheasant hunting, I think tomorrow, actually. Oh, nice. Um, I'm going to head nice. up there with Uncle Kenny and see if we can knock a, knock a few birds down out of the corn. Um, but yeah, that, you know, it's funny that you say that actually, that doesn't really sound bad. Cause I get it. And I think a lot of people do too. Like I've got the big three mm-hmm. that is still alive. So, um, I'm so excited to watch that deer grow this summer. He's going to be a monster, man. And he's got to turn into an absolute monster. That's going to be my number one focus. The moment if I put a buck down tomorrow, Saturday, mineral and corn and mm-hmm. apples go out and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that deer's taken care of all throughout the leafless times, you know, and yep. then once, once the browse comes back, then I'll just make sure the mineral is refreshed and maybe put a lick out or something. But yeah, um, yeah. I just, I'm so excited. And I even, I told some of my buddies, uh, I think it was Pierce actually, we were talking and I was like, dude, does it sound bad if I just want to fast forward through this whole season and get to next season to see this deer? Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm so excited too, because I've got this deer on camera multiple times. I got hundreds and maybe even thousands of pictures of the deer. Mm-hmm. I've got four encounters with him. Uh, two of them are on camera. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's shaping up to be a good one. So good. Um, but it ain't over yet. No, it's and not. It's I'm not one of those few people that you'll find that's dumb enough to not quit. So um, <laughs> I, I always, the, the thing that I think about in my mind though, is like, you know, when you kill a deer, like we'll take Zach Kaiser, for example, mm-hmm. which dude's a hunter dude can kill deer. So he kills his deer, like the opening week, 190 inch giant. Yeah. The opening week, which he'll be on here at some point. Um, that's really cool. And I loved killing my giant, uh, mm-hmm. in 2018 early it was mid October. I've never killed a late season buck bruiser. Really? And I think there's, yeah, I mean, I've killed small ones, but never anything that I would write home about. Yeah. And I think there's nothing more epic when everybody's done, they've given up, they filled their tags, whatever. And you're, I mean, you really, this time of year, you feel like you're the only person out there hunting. Yep. And like, it's impossible. And I can just think, there's nothing that's going to be more epic than I, when I text you guys, mm-hmm. if I'm blessed with that opportunity to text you guys and say, brace yourselves, footage coming. And then, you know, you all see me, of course, arrowing a deer, whether it be with a Everyone's crossbow butthole or, puckers. Oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be insane. So, you know, we'll keep trying and everything. And I, I mean, maybe me and you can even hook up and, go on a nice little public land uh, hunt, go hit up IC or something or something, find somewhere with some food. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I bet there ain't a lot of people out, especially once pheasant season's over. Oh, there's nobody. There's, there's not nobody. a whole lot of anybody. No, no. So, but uh, yeah. Um, so what are our other talking points? So we've got um, for those interested, we have, Competition archery season just around yep. the corner. If you ever need any help, advice, 
getting into that, please contact Mayor Luke Lacey. Um, we will do everything we can to help you. We're members of the IBO. Um, and you're literally talking about a guy in Luke who is going to be a professional archer. I've said it a thousand times and I'll keep saying it and I hate to put pressure on him, but he's not one that feels a lot of that. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. But um, for those that haven't heard the IBO indoor world championship has been canceled due to COVID. Hopefully they do not cancel anymore, but fingers crossed. I, yeah. I, I think that that's probably going to be a thing maybe with winter nationals and maybe even spring nets. And once we get into the triple crown, I think things are going to thin down a little bit. You'll probably yeah. see, uh, you know, normalcy come back. And plus it'll be warm out and everybody's outside more. So I think yep. numbers will drop even more. So, um, and then turkey season, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but we have a few episodes uh, to drop before we head into our regular seasons. Um, Mr. Rick here went out opening day with me and Luke and uh, we had found this little spot. Rick had mentioned a name and then we were passing it on our way to another place multiple times. And my buddy's like, why are we not just going here? It's way closer to home. Mm -hmm. So we checked this place out. Luke and I scouted it for deer and deer hunted that evening actually in 2019. And mm -hmm. then saw a lot of Turkey sign and, uh, Rick had a spot he wanted to go and I was like man let me let me go out here and look and just listen and dude I came back I'm like hey uh we're going here I heard 12 <laughs> different birds this morning and I didn't walk that much uh we're changing our plans and and then we go out and I mean we're on a a gobbler and then during the time we were calling to him some Jake snuck in and Rick was down with killing one so the green light went on and we scared the shit out of his buddy and killed him. So, uh, we've got some really cool, real raw, real life footage for you to see. This is, uh, I can't say real and raw enough. And for those of you that do bless us with watching this, just try to remain calm and don't think less of me. <laughs> Um, I, I tend to be, uh, we actually nicknamed me Bobby Knight the other day. So <laughs> passionate, um, right? That that's, I'm the very passionate. passionate. I always tell people, uh, certain words that I say are just ways that I express my love and urgency. <laughs> so, um, it, 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 it was such a, it was such a good weekend. Um, oh man. Like it, it, it was, it was, it was so good. Um, I actually just ate the last of that turkey for Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving for Christmas dinner, actually. Um, nice. Yeah. So um, that that kind of leads into the other thing that I, I was going to bring up with that is that it was such a fun trip. Um, we killed that bird opening morning. We went out the second morning. Um, things did not go right. And then we ended up getting on birds and they just, they just would not come across the property line. Uh, I mean, three real nice gobblers and they weren't, they weren't coming across and, <clears throat> and, so we and, walked, and well, we well, back up a second. Yeah. 
So this is day two, right? You're on day, day two. two. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm on the right gobblers. Cause we encountered lots of turkeys. So oh, we, we, I mean that, that entire weekend we encountered one, two, three, uh, the hen we saw sitting in the tree was number four. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. we walked within 20 That's yards walking out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then five, six, seven, eight, we were on 10 different birds uh, yeah. that weekend. I mean, yep. and it was, it was so much fun and yep. we had such a good time and it was, it, it sucked in a lot of ways though, because you and Luke couldn't hunt because of COVID stuff and the, the tag system being shut down and things, which sucked. Right. But then we found like the ultimate morale spot. Yeah. Which, um, I do want to talk about that. And, uh, you know, at some point we're going to have a forager on to kind of discuss that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But for those of you that uh, do any foraging, um, one thing that I did this year was I took the morels from that trip. I dehydrated them and I, um, I put them in a Mason jar and then I put the Mason jar inside a vac seal bag and vac sealed it. And I froze it. I reconstituted those morels for Christmas dinner and put them in a sauce. And you could not tell the difference between when we picked them in April and when I ate them in December. And for those of you who think you got to eat everything or you got to do wow. stuff uh, like right then and there. One thing I would say, like you want a New Year's resolution, learn food preservation techniques they are invaluable uh canning we've talked about this before with gardening uh i've got actually a bunch of stuff that i'm gonna make a bunch of peach jam out of here with uh frozen peaches that i've gotten from different stuff like learn how to do this stuff in the coming months when it's cold and like you're saying oh it's too cold to sit in the deer stand well you know what maybe crack open you know the internet and look to see how to preserve stuff it, it's it's easy to find canning stuff right now versus how it was over the summer when everyone grew a garden and decided that they were going to, you know, stew tomatoes and can green beans and everything oh. like that. Um, you know, you can actually find stuff now. So, you know, get get out there and try something new. And, uh, you know, I, th I think that's one of the wonderful things about being outdoors is that you also can learn how to do stuff indoors as well that can be super helpful and cool and quite honestly uh they make a great white elephant gift if you can't think of anything there you go uh, yeah man i i did that two years ago i uh i for two different family get-togethers my uh, white elephant gift was a jar of homemade salsa a jar of pickled asparagus a jar of um jalapenos and then something else um and it, it goes it goes over like a, a big hit so you know, look look at look at doing that kind of stuff too because that's just as you know a big part we talk about cooking on here a lot that's a, it's, oh, a, it's a big part it's of, life yeah i mean josh uh, josh house put it best he's like you want good you can't you can't make good food with shit ingredients like you got to yeah. start with good ingredients you, you can't start with shit and turn it yeah. into something exactly you have to start with good ingredients and uh, I do want to apologize on behalf of my fellow host. He has been around me too long and just went down a gigantic rabbit hole back <laughs> to our turkey hunt. Um, yeah. Cause I'm so excited to talk about this because this is 
this is something that as turkey hunters, as run and gun turkey hunters, um, I've done this a lot. And so we hear these birds firing off without us even calling and they're on private property. So we literally stand on the edge of the property line Yep. and Luke checks them so that we know where they are Yep. and they're there. And so we look around and we really don't have options to get close. It was a telephone pole, right? Yeah. Well that, not only that, but just the way the Hills are and everything. Um, so we went back on this knoll, you know, a couple hundred yards, 150 yards away and, uh, sat up against a damn telephone pole. It was the only tree we had. Yeah. Um, and, um, Luke let us get into position first and then he literally just started hen walking. We call it where he just pretends like he's a hen and calls and walks and scratches in the grass and the leaves and all that. And he literally made a big old circle behind us. And I mean, by the time he got to us, the bird was already in sight and coming and he was gobbling. And I mean, he was screaming, firing off. He was screaming at us like, bitch, where are you? <laughs> so it, it's amazing, man. Some of them, they just, especially these Easterns. I mean, they just scream their heads off. Yep. So, um, but the bird didn't come onto the public again. Our setup was total crap, Yep. but it's all we had. We were hoping we'd get lucky somehow. Um, maybe have a stupid bird come in or something. I mean, it just, it didn't work out. And I'm pretty sure that those are the birds that we chased um, close to the private border. Oh yeah. Easily. Next, or later on that day. Easily. Um, when we went way over into that yep. stuff where it was really thick and super hilly, my God. But uh, if you can't tell, we're like uber excited about Turkey season. There's to me, Turkey hunting's life. Um, it's just my thing. I love to do it. It was the first thing I was ever successful at. It took me so many years to kill a deer. I was 17 years old before I killed a deer. Oh, really? I was was 14 when I killed my first turkey. So, or actually, I was 15. Sorry. Nice. Um, So, with that said, um, you know, we're we're really excited about the upcoming season. So, uh, we've got a few episodes to drop, and then uh, we're probably just going to go right into real life and kind of follow a scheme kind of like you know midwest whitetail and the hunting public and and just try to drop fresh episodes as quickly and often as we can depending on what we've got um and then we should be covered up in all kinds of fishing footage too yeah i'm i'm really i'm really looking forward um i really wish i had an opportunity to get down to where i wanted to go to over Christmas time, um, still, you know, there's no, there's no end date for fishing like that. That that's, that's the best part about fishing is like, yes, it is one, one thing might slow down, but another thing's going to heat up. And, yep. um, the, the statement that I'll always use, especially heading into spring is that, uh, you get the, in, you get the, uh, bluegrass trifecta, you get the red buds blooming, the crappie, uh, biting and the turkeys gobbling oh. and, uh, it, it, you know, February starts walleye runs. 
Um, oh, always remember that February starts walleye runs in most of these rivers in the Midwest. And if you have not ever had the opportunity to fish for walleye, and th this is a, I didn't realize this. Um, this is a thing. There are a lot of people around here that don't know that there are walleye in lakes and rivers here. Um, that well, I'm being dead serious that they think you have to go to Lake Erie. They think you have to go to Wisconsin or Minnesota or some states up north in order to catch walleye or Michigan. Um, they're native fish to the area. They're in rivers and streams. And, you know, there's there's limits, you know, make, you know, sauger, sauger are there, too. And if you get the opportunity to go out and do it, have fun. Like it, it's winter walleye fishing can be one of the most boring things on the face of the earth because you're dragging jigs across the bottom. But it can be some of the most rewarding because you can catch some freaking toad. So walleye. I was talking with a gentleman that I correspond with quite often. He's a statey. I'm not going to mention his name yet mm -hmm. because we want to make sure we close on this. But he has invited me to ice fish Erie with him. Oh, and my he was gosh. sending me pictures of some mm. of these fish that he catches ridiculous yep. walleye ridiculous um, walleye during the winter and he's actually a saw guy specialist so and an interesting little tidbit you may or may not know this saw guy were created it's a like a hybrid fish yep. it was they were created in the state of ohio yes to take the pressure off of lake erie yep so that way all of us crazy hillbillies from the south wouldn't venture up there and catch all their damn fish. So, and, and they're good. Um, I honestly don't know that I've ever caught a saw guy, but uh, I think we're going to try for those as well. Mm -hmm. um, he did like some tournament fishing and stuff for them and everything. So pretty excited to just kind of experience something new like that. And, oh yeah. Uh, share it with everybody. I'll film the hell out of it and we'll, we'll show some people some stuff, something to do that they can do local and, not have to drive four hours but small plug for those that are still listening to me babble on <laughs> um check out hoops line and sinker and fast action charters if you are looking for mm -hmm. a charter to book up north those are good and then we actually have one more that we want to mention that we may be partnering with here soon uh, you want to take that one, Rick? Yeah. Um, so a guy that I went to college with, who's a very good buddy of mine, um, runs a charter business called Triple G Charters. Uh, his name's Eric Langermeyer. And uh, he is out of Fisherman's Wharf up in Port Clinton and can put you on walleye, can put you on perch. Like the guy, the guy is, when I think of a northern a northern guy i think of eric um he, he he's a character he's a little eccentric and um i literally he just sent me a text message uh about fishing a little bit ago so um he he's he's a good dude and uh you know him and his guys will put will put you on fish too so i i, I can't i can't say it enough you know i i'm a hunter um you know and we talk about it a lot on here but Fishing is one of those things that holds a very um, big place in my life just for the fact that it's something that I think 
everyone can do and every everybody should do at some point you know it doesn't take much if you need help finding areas to go fishing with contact your state fishing game departments they have tons of resource they have they give away rods and reels because they they want people to come and and visit these places so you know get out get outdoors biggest part of this move forward if you're too cold put on some more clothes and go have fun heck yeah man yeah for sure well you got any uh any closing thoughts uh yeah i do i've got i've got two uh technically three. not steal mine um probably so uh first is if you get the opportunity to take somebody out uh hunting or fishing please go ahead and do that um, the second thing is uh, we had an incident in the state of Ohio Damn it. Um, last, what was that, um, last month? Uh, that would have been, I think, for the weekend gun season. Yeah, the weekend yeah. gun season. Um, a, a, a wildlife officer was shot and hurt during a poaching incident. Um, you can look it up online. It's made national news. I don't really care what people think about game wardens. Uh, we've had officer Gilkey on here and when an officer is hurt, it's never okay. Um, when anybody's hurt, it's never okay. I, so I'll say this. Yeah. If the guy was doing a drug deal, then I don't give a shit. Like that, right. if he's a piece of but, shit, then I don't care. Right. But that's not the case. Right. This, 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 this guy was doing his job and I just, I just kind of want to say, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. I hope he makes a speedy recovery. Um, I hope that these guys that were doing this are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I don't know how to say it. I, I, I just, I feel awful for the guy. I feel awful for his family and uh, these guys, I hope they get what's coming to them. I don't, and mainly don't judge hunters by what poachers do. Yeah, you know, it, it it's, you know, for lack of a better word, it's bullshit because it gets a lot of press and they'll say hunters in the press and it's these guys are poachers. No, yeah. no other way around it. They're thieves. Um, they're, yeah. So they're that, that's that's my spot on that. Third thing being and final thing, important thing. If you are planning on hunting turkey season this year. <laughs> make sure you get your ammunition now um <laughs> that uh, is a good one yeah man i wish you'd have done this shit for muzzleloader season two months ago <laughs> my god uh, dude that was man, hell go get your stuff like go get your stuff and uh i'm going to buy in mine in the next week and uh shelves is limited Supply chains are not what they are right now, still due to COVID. Um, and honestly, I will be very frank with people about this. Um, if you've got enough ammo already, don't hoard it. Like, don't try to sell it on Facebook. Don't try to sell not it on, on Facebook. When you've got when you've got the head of Hornaday coming out and having to put out videos saying um, we're still producing tons of ammo and you all are just buying it up to me that's a hoarding situation make sure you're taking care of your fellow sportsmen like just just make sure of it because yep. if 
guys can't hunt and guys can't do things that they need to go do or women or whatever, like it's a bit ridiculous. So that, that that's my two cents on this stuff. Um, now I'll leave the rest to you. Well, Rick stole 19 of my things, so I'm going to have to think of something real quick. No, uh, to, to touch on what he did say, you know, with the, the game warden incident, um, I kind of made a post because we ran into some D bags on our page and we had to, they were deleted and I actually yes. didn't do the deleting. Uh, our other admins did. And, um, you know, I was out trying to kill deer and uh, taking care of, business or at least trying to so um of course who gets the messages that'd be me so they caught me in a wrong time and sort of at my wits end and i said what i said and then made a post about it and i just want to go on record to tell people like y'all got to respect our officers you can't you know i hate to bring any kind of politics in it but you know I feel like most people are going to side with me in a lot of beliefs with this stuff. And when you down BLM or something because of what, you know, they're talking about frying pigs or whatever the hell, but then you condone our officer, the office, you know, I don't want to play favorites, but I mean, love my cops, love my stadies. Game wardens are literally protecting the thing that we love so much. And you, you're okay with, a guy getting shot, its that's not okay. So hold people accountable. I know that the people that are listening to this are not those people, mm-hmm. um, but hold people accountable and don't be afraid to stand up and tag me. I have no problem. I do not care what I say. So uh, <laughs> within reason, of course, but I really don't care. Um, when it's something like that, I'm going to stand for what's right. And if I lose, if we lose everything, we'll start over again because I feel like God takes care of you and, you know, when you stand for what's right and we'll, we'll always continue to do that. So, um, you know, be loud, be heard and stand up for your game wardens and, uh, you know, be good people, be, be, uh, what do they say? Stewards, be good. Be stewards. a steward of the land, be a yeah, steward, of, steward land. of the land, be a steward of conservation. And um, be I will a steward add of this. your fellow man. Yes, I will add this. Um, Right now's the time to pop them diaphragm calls in and start oh, yeah. playing. Right now's the time to start getting your crow call and your owl call if you're not incredibly talented like me. <laughs> I do that stuff with my voice. Um, get your get your pot calls out and, and all yep. that and your box calls and chalk them and rough them and, and everything and start driving your wife batshit crazy <laughs> and, and get ready because the last thing you want to do is show up and you're the caller and you sound like a dipshit with a turkey call, um, you know, for your buddies or something. So start practicing now while you got the time because you're a better deer hunter than I am. And uh, let's let's get ready for turkey season. Yeah, people. on the on the drive to work, on the drive home from work. Yes. Uh, if you're not listening to this podcast, by the way. Um, so, I mean, that that's that. So. I'll go ahead and close it out. Uh, Guys, it's been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert, and we've enjoyed talking to you for this new year, and we are so happy to bring you Season 2 and closing out Episode 1. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. See you.